This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, big changes coming for Target Tasmania following the latest tragedy. The almost official word on whether the Newcastle 500 will happen this year. Will Davison on why his Wanneroo win means so much. Plus, Supercar's newest team owner reveals his bold ambition. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. Australian motorsport is still reeling from the death of a driver in Target Tasmania last week. It was the fourth fatality in just two years, raising questions about the future of the event and indeed all Targa-style competition on closed public roads. Whatever the outcome of the investigation into the latest tragedy, it's certain there'll be more big changes if Targa Tasmania is to continue. Or could this be the end of sanctioned racing on the road? Not according to Motorsport Australia Chief Executive Eugene Arocca. I don't think it's in doubt, but it certainly will require another review, an extensive review, because despite the efforts of the organisers of Motorsport Australia to implement the majority of the recommendations from the tribunal last year, we still had the unfortunate situation of a death. And I, and I just, I don't believe we can continue to sustain that going forward. Both the organisers and Motorsport Australia did everything possible to make this event safer following the death last year. How much more can be done, do you think? Well, that's speculating on what to some degree it's speculating on what caused this incident and it could range from anything from a medical episode to driver error to external factors so that will most likely at the moment we don't even have access to rally safe that's currently been impounded by police for your listeners rally safe is the internal data on the car that tells us about speed and all the other relevant elements to the lead up to the incident. And so only when we know what the cause of the incident is, can we really go back and review what further could be done. The reality, Mark, is that when you're out in the open on a public road and you're in a competitive stage, there is a limit to what you can do to protect people. At the end of the day, you either don't hold it because you don't want to risk anything happening, or you do the best you can to put in place more safety requirements. And off the top of my head, it could be the nature of the vehicles, it could be the nature of the stages being reviewed even further, and it could be the nature of the driving skills. Um, so again, I'm not preempting what the next step would be, but I can't, as the CEO, contemplate allowing the event to continue in its current form without further serious investigation, consideration, and recommendations to both the organiser and our board. Something has to change to avoid a public outcry. Okay, it's almost official. The Newcastle 500 is not returning this year. Supercar's Supremo Shane Howard has all but confirmed that the street race event won't be back until the start of next season. Uh, the Newcastle 500, um, obviously we're not racing in May as uh, was suggested um, but we are still working with the um, City of Newcastle and uh, Destination New South Wales and the State Government in finding the best date for, for, the, for that event 
and um, we're still considering the options open for that. Could it happen this year? Unlikely, isn't it? I think, uh, you know, it, 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 is, it is unlikely. It's very difficult to fit it in this year's program. Um, but um, nothing's off the table. We're keeping an you know, open dialogue with both the city and Destination New South Wales. And, um, and, and then we hope to really uh, you know, define that um, as soon as possible so we can accurately communicate it to everybody. There's no doubt, though, about the return of the Adelaide 500 in early December. Mark Warren is back as boss of the City Street Race Festival, adding to Shane Howard's confidence that it's all systems go. Adelaide, uh, yeah, we're all system, systems go for it. It's one of the most exciting uh, you know, news, bits of news that we've had in a, very, in, in a long while. So it'd be amazing to get back to Adelaide um, with... with fully supportive of it um, obviously the um, they're forming the reforming the South Australian Motorsport Board um, we've been in posit- positive dialogue uh, uh, with, with them and um, yeah we're going to do everything that we can to support the uh, event Absolutely. So, so no doubt it's happening in our minds there's no doubt it is happening supercars returned to Perth on the weekend had Saturday night spectacle and two action-packed Sunday races. Shane Van Gisbergen shrugged off his post-AGP bout of COVID-19 to win two out of three, consolidating his championship lead. The other victory went to Will Davison, finally breaking through with DJR to stand on the top step of the podium for the first time since his dramatic triumph in the 2016 Bathurst 1000. Davo told Parked Up Plus, that the controversial win was more confirmation than validation. Um, yeah, I think I think anyone who knows knows. I mean, if you look at the facts, I mean, was never winning a race in 17 or 18 in single car outfits. Uh, 19 back within Tickford, you know, I really had two wins ahead of McLaughlin in the bag when we had an airbox fire at the be- the bend, and you know, there was enough signs there that I knew. You know, and and then 2020, I came out the gun, you know, gates very strong and felt as good as ever having the second year at that team. Obviously, we know what happened. And uh, and last year, you know, we certainly, you know, it was strong all year. There's a couple of wins that were, you know, a, a shoe in with the electrical issue in Sydney and a couple other definite. So I've always had the belief. I knew it would happen. Um, but the sport's getting tougher. The sport's getting more competitive. They don't. There's no gimmies anymore. Every now and then a gimme happens, but uh, we certainly haven't had any. So, um, yeah, it's uh, we've been right there, and um, they're bloody hard to get at the moment, but uh, we're, we're operating at a, a good level. The team's an amazing team, and, um, yeah, I feel that pressure, but it's great. I, I love it. I've missed it. I've missed the pressure of, you know, expectation of what everyone expects of us at this team. Davison is cautiously optimistic that DJR is closing the race pace gap Triple Eight and SVG. Um, we'll see. We, we, they've got they're very strong in certain areas, so um, we do what we can control. Um, you know, we've got a lot of amazing strengths in our team, and you know, I think um, yeah, we'll just keep focusing on that. Ultimately, I think you know, the team was, it was exceptional last year. Two new drivers. You know, all the other changes that happen. They're pretty harshly criticised, you know, they're an exceptional team. Um, Red Bull have had you know, Jamie and Shane last year. They've had a lot of 
things rolling in their favour. But I think you know we've got a lot of things rolling in our favour now, and um, we'll just yeah we'll keep putting the pressure on. But the team works hard. There's a winning culture there, and um, um, yeah we, we never never give in. We just do our best. Wateroo Raceway is a popular stop on Supercars National Tour with the short old school course full of quirky character. But in the not too distant future, Wanneroo could become a world-class track. The local council is pressing ahead with a pretty ambitious master plan to establish a new $183 million international circuit alongside the existing course. Wanneroo Raceway is run by the WA Sporting Car Club whose president, Russell Sewell, outlined the expansion to Parked Up Plus. Going back uh, a few years, like the time of 2013, 2014, uh, and into 2015, that plan was certainly considered. Uh, it was ambitious, and nothing wrong with ambition, but it certainly wasn't financed. It wasn't financed at a club level or at a government level. So it's, it's dead now? Well, it's dead, but what's happened, the city of Wanneroo have... Uh, sort of rekindled the ambition and they're picking it up as a, uh, you know, a further plan to develop this as a motorsport precinct. So we will have our existing raceway here which we will continue to love and nurture and care for and put on events and the city would like to build a new larger and encompassing raceway across the road. So we would still be involved in racing and helping them design and come up with that and operate it. Sewell also revealed details of the 4.7 kilometre Wanneroo 2 track plan. It'll be incorporated, it'll be part of the precinct. It'll be a new track, uh, longer track, a bigger, better track, so they could get a higher tier of track licence, so they'll be wider, with longer runoffs to suit the wider track and uh, longer corners and so forth. Incorporating the existing layout? No, no, this, this track can never be incorporated into that because we're stuck with our track width. And if we widen the track, we increase the corner speed, which means we need more runoff, etc. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just not possible in our current footprint. More after this short break. Racing cars need racing fuel, and Race Fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting. Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park, and the Bend, and it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. A standout of the supercars season so far has been Premier Racing. Businessman and leading top fuel drag racer Peter Ziberis has transformed the former team Sydney, moving it from the back of the field to the tail of the top ten. Despite the squad's rushed reorganisation, Zibris is surprisingly nonchalant about its rapid progress, revealing that it hasn't exceeded his expectations. I think probably to a, a lot of others, I think we've exceeded expectations. Um, we, we did set ourselves some achievable targets for the year and we're on track for that, if not probably, probably slightly ahead. Um, so... Yeah, no, look, it's, it's all about um, the team and, and the guys and girls that we, we've got on board. Um, we still haven't got our full complement of full-time staff. We, we still haven't moved into our workshop, which we're setting up at the moment. So I think once, once we're settled, we're, we're, we've got our full team and, 
um, everyone's gelling and, and, and you know, things just happen automatically rather than asking and checking. Um, I think you know, that hopefully will result in even better, better results. So it's the goal now for the rest of this season, regular top tens? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we, we believe with the, the cars that we've got and the people we've got, there's no reason why we can't be top ten um, contenders for most rounds, correct? Gary Jacobson and Chris Pither are on one-year deals, but Zibra says he's not looking to replace them with more established drivers. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't really have any anything to comment right now, simply because I, I have to deliver my part first. So until I can deliver a team and cars and everything that is spot on and, and I remove all my excuses, um, it's pretty hard to, to be fair on them. So you can already see that these guys who were probably known for running at the back of the pack are already running in the middle of the pack. So... You know, you can't turn around and say that they're, they're crap drivers. Um, they're, they're talented drivers, and I think in the right atmosphere, the right car, the right team, um, I think these guys can be front runners as well. So, look, we'll we'll address this further down the road, and um, we'll see where, where it goes. Zibaris also revealed that Premier Racing is in no hurry to lock in its Bathurst co-drivers. We're fortunate in one sense in, the, and in that, you know, we're probably, I think, the only couple of seats that's left. So we've got the opportunity now to sort of sit back and, and see who's out there. Um, so, no, look, honestly, there's, we've, there's, there's 20 names to be up front that we've got written on a whiteboard that we potentially could have as co-drivers. So, again, we, we, we're just going to keep an eye on, on Super 2, see, see who's doing good there and not so good. And... and um, you know, look, we'll, we'll make a decision, but right now, no, there, there, there is no decision. Still on supercars, and as he forecast on Parked Up Plus last week, Boost Mobile boss Peter Adderton has confirmed the all-Kiwi Bathurst wildcard entry for Greg Murphy and Richie Stanaway. With COVID travel barriers down, the extra Erebus Motorsport entry can go ahead, with Murph and Stanaway scheduled for three test days before they return to Mount Panorama in October. And now, with a wrap-up of all the other major racing over the weekend, here's Parked Up's Grant Rowley. Shane Van Gisbergen extended his lead in the Repco Supercars Championship with two victories in the return of top-line touring car racing to West Australia. After three years without supercars, a big crowd turned out for the Saturday Super Night to witness SVG, pass Anton Di Pasquale in the closing stages and secure a popular win, doubling as Holden's 600th race success in supercars and Australian Touring Car Championship history. On Sunday, Will Davison broke through for his maiden win for Dick Johnson Racing and his first success in six years. But that win wasn't without its own controversy after Cameron Waters crossed the line first, only to have five seconds added to his race time for a track limits infringement. SVG secured the third and final race win for the weekend, again an entertaining affair. The event might be remembered though for a huge front straight crash involving Scott Pye and Jack LeBrock. Pye emerged unscathed from the incident, but his Commodore ZB did not, and Team 18 will be working around the clock to get that chassis ready for the next round at Winton Raceway later this month. There was a major change at the top of the Super 2 standings as Grove Racing's Matt Payne took the series lead 
after taking a victory and a second in Perth. After leading the series entering Wanneroo, Zach Best tangled with a Super 3 driver during the opening race and as a result dropped to sixth in the title fight. Super 2 rookie and recent Bathurst six-hour winner Cameron Hill scored his maiden podium result, finishing second in the opening encounter and took third for the weekend, while MW Motorsports' Tyler Everingham added another win to his tally and moved it into third in the points. Four different winners took the flag in round two of the Haltech V8 Super Ute Series with David Cedars, George Gutierrez, Aaron Borg and Ben Walsh sharing the spoils. Borg crossed the line first in the final race but was penalised post-race for a clash with Walsh. Elliot Schult and Bryce Moore split the wins in Radical Cup Australia that was also a supporting act at Wanneroo Raceway. In MotoGP, Italian Ducati rider Francesco Bagnaghi held off the advances of current series leader Fabio Quartararo to take victory in Portugal. Pato Award won the latest round of the IndyCar series at Barber Motorsport Park, while Alex Palau continues to lead the points from Kiwi Scott McLaughlin, who finished sixth. The famed streets of Monaco hosted the sixth round of Formula E, where ex-Formula One driver Stoffel Van Dorn took the flag. That's a wrap of Racing Home and Abroad. I'm Grant Rowley reporting for Parked Up Plus. In other news, sacked Formula One race director Michael Massey is back in Australia considering his future. Now, there's been speculation that Massey will fill in at next week's Miami Grand Prix with both his replacements in doubt after contracting coronavirus. Not going to happen. While Massey is still technically employed by the FIA, he is finalising his departure and won't be returning. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the heaviest of them all? Well, in supercars, it's Brody Kostecki. He weighs in at a beefy 109.5 kilograms. Brody Kostecki is 10 kilos heavier than Shane Van Gisbergen. The next heaviest are Jack LeBrock at 97 kilos and Chaz Mostert tipping the scales at 96. The featherweights of the field are Tim Slade at a scant 73.5 kilograms and Macaulay Jones at 74.5. Driver mass is included in the minimum weight for a supercar. And finally, stand by for a major announcement from Ford Performance Motorsport. A media conference is scheduled for Friday morning. So what's Ford's big news? No clues in the alert, so we'll just have to wait until then to find out. That's it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley and a special guest on Thursday for more discussion and debate on local and international racing. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 